before I uh, get into the sermon, I want to um, let you know a couple dates coming up. The beginning of January, the first Sunday in January is January 5th. And the Lord has, has given me some, some thoughts, and, and I want to take the first and possibly the second Sunday in January, and I want to spend some time sharing a little bit about vision and giving a vision and an outlook for um, this next year. So I want you to, to be aware of that. That's January 5th. Oh boy, this thing's funny. There we go. January 5th and January 12th. I want to take some time. I believe it's going to be a, a time of, of focus and a time of uh, direction. So you don't want to miss those dates. And then also in February... We've tentatively got some dates set for um, Pastor Jim and Mary Baker from uh, Ohio, and they have a they they move in the ministry of healing, and uh, he would come and do a Friday evening healing service where he will teach on healing, and then as he was sharing with us, he says, and then people will get healed, and I just love how he looks at that, and. Uh, and then Saturday, there would be some training and some teaching. And then on the Sunday service, we'll have them for the Sunday service. So that is February 7th, 8th, and 9th. And you want to put that in your calendars. If you've got a passion to see people healed, you want to see God moving in healing, you want to come out to that. That is February 7th, 8th, and 9th. Hallelujah. I've got a few words to share. It's 10 to 12. But as I was this week, I've, I've got, I've had some of my quiet time of some of my devotional time. And as I've been praying and meditating, I felt the Lord giving me a few words, a few thoughts. And one of the, the thoughts that I have is the thought of confidence. Having confidence in God. What does it mean to have confidence in God? How do you have confidence in God? We're, we're all sitting on chairs this morning, and every one of you has confidence in that chair. And if I was to, to come in here with, with a few pieces of wood and a half dozen nails, and I'd slap something together, you wouldn't sit in it. You'd look for a chair like this. Because you wouldn't have confidence in what was built. I once built a birdhouse. I went for lunch, came back, and it had collapsed. Now, I was just a kid at the time, not, not recently. <laughs> but confidence, you build confidence by exchange or by, uh, not exchange, by experience and by remembrance. And in Psalm 20, the psalmist is writing and he says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. I find it interesting that trust or the confidence that you have is based on your memory. You connect your confidence with your memory. Have you ever seen a child and their parent is trying to get them to jump into a swimming pool. 
And the parent saying, I'm going to catch you, I'm going to catch you. And the child has no confidence because the last time they did it, the parent didn't catch him. And they say, I'm not going to jump because the last time you didn't catch me. Now, maybe you haven't. I, I have four children, and so I have that experience on numerous occasions. And I wasn't a mean parent. I didn't just leave them and let them dive in. But there is a conversation that goes on, and the confidence that that child has is based on a memory or a thought process. And what I want to share with you and what I want to leave with you this morning is a few thoughts about how we can have confidence in God. Because I think when I, when I see people around me, sometimes I see that they do not have confidence in what God can do. And part of that is because their memory, they don't have a memory of what God has done. That's why it was so important in in the children of Israel that God told them through Moses to make sure that you write these things down and you rehearse them in front of your children and your children's children. That's why we are so strong in our children's church, trying to teach them and show them and let them see what God has done. That's why as parents, Winona and I, we're very careful to make sure we rehearsed the goodness of God to our children. We let them in on conversations of God's goodness when other people said, no, no, don't bother with it. We would talk to them about the goodness of God. Talk to your children. As soon as they're off of your knee, in fact, when they're in your womb, start talking to them. They can hear you. And what you do is you build a memory. Because what happens is when the enemy attacks and you get these thoughts of doubt or you get these thoughts of fear, what happens is when you have a memory that you say, no, God did this for me last time, what happens is that helps you have confidence that he'll take you through to the next one. So I want to give you a couple verses on confidence. We've, we've, been, we've had an amazing time in worship this morning. Amen? God's presence was, was powerful. It was alive. He was ministering to us. He was meeting and he was talking with us. And he was having his presence just come and just saturate us. Don't forget that. Don't forget what you experienced this morning. Because these are moments that you build your memory bank and you build your confidence account in God. That you can say, no, he doesn't leave me. He doesn't do that. He, he won't do that because this is what he's done for me. When I cried out to him, he answered my prayer. When I was searching for an answer, he talked to me and he gave me the answer. So I want to give you just a couple verses. The first one that I'd have is in Deuteronomy 31. If you turn there. I want to share Deuteronomy 31, verse 6 and verse 8. And we'll read just 6, 7, and 8. 
And this is Moses talking, and, he, and he's talking to the children of Israel, and he's talking to Joshua. And he says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. He's talking about the enemies and the land that they're going to possess. For the Lord, your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen? God does not leave you or forsake you. God does not leave you nor forsake you. Look at somebody and say, he will not leave you or forsake you. You say, well, that's silly, David. No, it's not silly. When you start rehearsing these words and you start saying it, what happens is you start believing it. You don't think so? I had words spoken over me as a kid that I still, well, I shouldn't say I still, that I struggled with when I first got married. I was the sixth child. I was the goody-goody two-shoes. That's what my brothers called me. And that, I mean, I should have thought that was a compliment. I knew God had called me to be a pastor when I was literally like six years old or even younger. And I literally, there are things that I did not allow myself to do even as a youngster because I knew God had his hand on me. But when you're, ber- when you're around a bunch of brothers, words can be merciless. And siblings can be a lot of fun. They can also be excruciating. They know all the buttons to push. They know where the ledge is and they know where to take you and to bring you right to that. They know what to do and how to say things. And so I was called the goody-goody two-shoes. And there was a few times, not many, but there was a few times when I actually tried to do something just to prove them wrong. Anybody can relate to that? That's the power of words. That's the power that words have over people. So when I ask you to look to somebody and say, he will never leave you nor forsake you, what you do is you start exercising those words. You start saying those things. My wife and I walk around our house and we thank God for miracles that are happening or are not, we have not yet seen, but we know that they've happened. We walk around the house and we say, thank you, Lord. And then we say what we're thankful for. Why? Because we're building a memory bank of confidence in God. And Moses here in 31 verse 6 tells Joshua to be strong and of good courage. He is the one who goes with you. Isn't it nice to know that God goes with you? (laughs) Isn't it nice to know he doesn't just say, here's the idea. See you later. Come back next week. He says, no, I'm with you. He goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And then in verse 8 again, 
And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. And I'm here to tell you this morning to put your confidence in God. Put your confidence in God. There's about six or seven verses that just have the word forsake or leave. That he will not leave you nor forsake you. When he gave the great commission to the disciples. At the end of chapter 28 or 20 in Matthew. The end of Matthew. The last verse in Matthew. He says I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you to the end. God will not leave you nor forsake you. Look to somebody and say, he will not leave you or forsake you. When you're getting ready in the morning, look in the mirror and say, God will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen? That's self-talk. David encouraged himself in the Lord. If nobody else agrees with you, agree with yourself. If nobody else sees it, you see it and you start living it and you start believing it. This time of the year is a time that's probably one of the most emotional times of the year. Gamut of emotion from excess and opulence to need and destitution and everything in between. Whether it's gifts, whether it's money, whether it's friendship, whether it's family, whether it's not getting the raise or the bonus, whether it's not having a gift, whether it's kids wanting this, whether it's a spouse wanting that, this time of the year can be extremely, extremely stressful. And I want to encourage you, this time of the year, put your confidence in God. He will not leave you nor forsake you, even at his birthday. He's not going to leave you. In John chapter 10, he's talking to the disciples and he says, No one can pluck you out of my hand. I don't know about you, but I like that. In Romans, it says, he he goes through a description in Romans and he says all these things. And he describes a bunch of things and he says, none of these things can separate us. Or separate you from the love of God. Another passage, he says, if God before me, who can be against me? So this morning, I just wanted to take a few minutes. I believe we've had an amazing time of worship. Had an amazing time in communion. Had an amazing time of moving of the Holy Spirit. And when we have these moments, and when we have these encounters, let's build a memory 
of the goodness of God. Take these days, take these moments and say, he met with me, he touched me, he spoke with me, he gave me wisdom, he gave me insight. And put those in a memory bank. Make a memorial stone that says, my God is the one that hears me. And what that does is that builds your confidence in God. Because... The enemies that you face, if you want to go possess something that's bigger and stronger than you, that means the enemies are going to be bigger and stronger than you. And that's what I'm going for. I'm not going for no weak sauce. I'm going for the prize. And that means it's going to take work But when the enemy comes and he tries to throw up some things against me, I can say, I put my confidence in God. I don't trust in chariots. I don't trust in horses. I don't trust in what man trusts. I put my confidence in him. I remember what he did. And today he did something. And that goes into the deposit, into the bank of trust. In God we trust. And that's where I draw my strength from. That's where I draw my help from. That's where I draw my confidence from. I don't draw it from somebody who abandoned me. I don't draw it from somebody who gave me a promise and then let me loose and didn't even think about me. I don't get my strength from somebody who can't keep his word. He keeps his word to a thousand generations. And so far, according to my count, we ain't anywhere near that. I want to encourage you today. When I read through those passages about saying he will not leave you nor forsake you. In most of those passages it's embedded in the aspect of encouraging the people around them. To not lose heart, not to give up, but to press on and to see the victory of what God had for them. Because every time you decide to take some steps forward, you will receive resistance. And I'm here to tell you that he will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen? He's the God that goes with you. He goes before you. He prepares the way. I mean, he's he's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. Sometimes it's, it's like a trial of faith. Sometimes it's fighting the good fight. I mean, I want to be somebody who's strong. I don't want to be somebody who's a wimp. Come on. I don't know about you, but I'd rather line up with somebody who's a winner than somebody who's a loser. Call me stupid, but I like that. If I was to pick a hockey team, I wouldn't pick a team that's going to lose every game. I'm going to pick a team that I think is going to win, and I'm going to go, I'm going to go with them. I'm here to tell you, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is the one who's on my side, and he actually chose me. I didn't choose him. He chose me. 
So you can put your confidence in him. You can put your trust in him. He's not going to lose you. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to forget you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? He will never, never. Last time I checked, never meant never. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That makes me stand a little straighter. That makes me look a little straighter, a little more focused. I'm here to tell you, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, what about this? No. What about? No. Well, my experience is no. He doesn't base it on your experience. He doesn't base it on your IQ. He doesn't base it on any test you've made. He doesn't base it on what you built. He doesn't base it on who you think you are. He doesn't ba- He bases it on what he's done. And he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He came before we could even negotiate. He already said, here's the terms. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now, do you want to negotiate? Uh, uh, that's kind of nice. I was going to kind of say, would you help me out a bit? But you're going to say you're never going to leave me. Hallelujah. Look at this. I'm flipping my book, closing it. I'm done. I want to encourage you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Never. Not in a million years. Not to infinity and beyond. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? Do you believe that this morning? This week? When you stand in front of the shower? In front of the mirror? You look at your handsome face? He's never going to leave me nor forsake me. Come on. Do that. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen? I'm talking some wacky stuff. We serve a God that performs the crazy, the ridiculous, the outrageous, the mind-boggling. The stuff that we don't expect, and that's just common for him. He doesn't live in the natural. He lives in the supernatural, a whole different level. And he lives there naturally. With him, the supernatural is just natural. And that's where he wants you to live. And that's why I have confidence that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to pray. We're going to bless this food. Amen? I thought that would bring a few amens. We're going to have some soup. We're going to have some fellowship. If you can stay, great. If you've got some $5 or so that you can 
donate per meal, per plate, the more the merrier. But also, if you don't have any, you are welcome. This is a family time. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a God who's a good God, that you will never leave nor forsake, that you are a God that can build confidence in us because of what you've done. I also pray right now for the soup that we're going to have together in fellowship. I pray that you'd bless it to our bodies, strengthen us, give us a good time of fellowship one with another. Be with Pastor Daniel and Pastor Nelson as they're getting ready to leave very soon on the plane. Watch over them. Give them a productive time. A time of of amazing ministry and seeing the Holy Spirit moving in the nation of Vietnam. In your precious name, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Let's have some soup.